Join our podcast conversations as we share ideas, insights, and information that will educate, inform, and inspire. We will blend our knowledge of online safety and emotional awareness to help you have a better understanding of your kids' online world and their emotional responses and well-being. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? Paul, good to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Are we ready for New Year podcasting? Yes, our first in 2023. What's our topic today, Sarah? Well, you know, I think something that comes up really often when I'm talking with parents is this feeling overwhelmed when it comes to the do's and don'ts of technology. And I'm the same. There is a lot of times where I feel as though I know exactly what I'm doing when it comes to healthy boundaries with technology and then other times where I'm like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. And especially when you're talking to other parents and they have different ideas too, and your kids are around other kids who have maybe more flexibility with technology or less, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, where do I stand on this? So I thought this would be a really good conversation heading into the beginning of a new year. Especially considering the fact that a lot of kids got some new technology over the past couple of weeks. So I guess the one thing I've always said to parents is that, look, there's there's no book with guidance on what is the perfect scenario in every home. Is there a foundation that should be regarded? Yes. Unfortunately, and you just said it, not everyone has the same rules and guidelines in their homes for technology use. If we could find the foundation for that, a lot of our kids would be much, much better off when utilizing technology. But we always think that they know what they're doing with this incredibly powerful piece of technology in their hands connected to this thing called the internet. And when there's no foundation, no rules for its usage, kids get in trouble. So one of the messages I tell parents is that you need to learn to say no. And that no is not a negative. It's a positive in the tech world. In fact, earlier we were talking offline about our corporate presentations. Well, when I do a presentation to corporations on cybersecurity, my third slide states the words no and do not are the most positive things you will hear today. Because if you go against that guidance, here are all the consequences of what could happen. And although they know, K-N-O-W, that I'm correct in saying that, sometimes we still have a hard time accepting it because we've been told something that we're not comfortable with. As it relates to parenting, that transitions into guilt. So what I really want you to talk about, because I think this is exactly where you can help all the parents listening, is that I will go in and say, look, you need to learn to say no. And no is acceptable. For example, no technology in your bedroom. I mean, that is a foundation for online safety. No social media until you're 13. The terms of service on every social media platform. But parents feel guilty. But my child is the only one without social media and they're 10. Well, that's a problem. My child might be the only one without a smartphone and they're 11 and they don't need a smartphone. So they feel guilt. And that's why we don't have 
a foundation because one household will say, yeah, you know what? You're not getting social media until you're 14. Forget 13, 14. And you can get a phone when you're about middle, end of grade eight, or maybe when you start high school. But then their friend has social media at 10 years of age, not allowed to be on there. They got the latest and greatest iPhone in grade five. And so that parent of the household that said no for all the right reasons now feels all this guilt and that they're made mm -hmm. to feel like they're the bad parent and that they're the old, their child is the only one. And that is absolutely false. So, Sarah, mm -hmm. when we have these conversations, what's the best guidance you could give those parents so that they don't feel that sense of guilt or shame or whatever you want to call it because mm -hmm. they were just doing the right thing for their home? So it's so interesting because when you say these examples, I've been there, you know, my son's 10 years old and there is some of his friends that have social media, you know, they have platforms. And so it's actually recently where Kai has said, well, I want to have an account. Um, I, I need a phone because somebody got a phone for Christmas just recently. Or, you know, or whatever the, the scenario is that he's hearing. And what I remember and remind myself is of the, and this is, this is like my, my saying for 2023, just in general, when it comes to setting healthy boundaries with parenting, or when it comes to setting healthy boundaries with family, friends, health, whatever the case is where you need to set a boundary and hold it their disappointment is not my guilt. I love that. And when I say that and I breathe into that and I say, okay, they're disappointed. He's allowed to be disappointed mm -hmm. and I'm allowed to hold a boundary right. at the same time. Because if I keep in mind my end result, like what's my end result for, and right now we're speaking about technology in our child's life. My end result for, and I'll use my son as an example, is to make sure that when it comes to social media, reminding myself he's not old enough to take in everything he's going to take in. So as soon as he has a platform, there's going to be so many different things, whether there's going to be the conversation about I posted something and someone didn't like it or they didn't comment or they commented and that would have been me, Paul, right? Like that would have been me as a preteen trying to filter in this whole idea of what I'm posting is it liked enough do I fit in all of these these things that we can easily growing up struggle with in real life would now convert to this online life so my end result for for myself as a parent is to remember this is not the age. This is not the stage. And if I can keep that in mind, like you said, that this is too much too soon for a 10 year old, mm -hmm. then I can hold myself to that. I am doing what's in the best interest of him. He might not like it, but when I set the boundary and I say, no, he's going to feel disappointed. And that's okay, but I can still hold the boundary. His disappointment is not my guilt to take on. That in the long term, he's going to look back and realize, oh, okay, I see why you said no. <laughs> 
And that's actually happened when I've talked to grade eights, where they can actually see why their parents said no. I had a grade eight girl come up to me and actually say that to me. She said, I was so mad at my parents in grade six and seven for not allowing me to have social media platforms. And I'd tantrum, I'd be angry at them, and they'd still say no. And she's like, now I can see that, yes, there's good things that happen online, but there's a lot of things that are drama and overwhelming, and I'm glad I'm not dealing with it. And I can just say, well, my parents won't let me. You know, having been at this from my end for 12 years now, uh, there are kids who've left school and now in their early 20s. And I've heard from their parents who've said, some of my kids did not like your messaging because I was firm based on your messaging. But now, as a young adult, they appreciate it. Do you know how hard that probably is for that child to say, you know, you were right? But when I hear stuff like that, I reflect back and I think, that's amazing. So, yeah, they didn't like the messaging. They probably didn't like me even more because I told those parents, here's what it should be like. The parents mm -hmm. listen. So obviously the kids are saying, where did all this come from? And they learned that they went to a seminar, and, but now they appreciate it. That is probably one of the most rewarding things you can hear and that I can hear is because even though we communicate it for the right reasons, it's not always appreciated. And, you know, we can probably feel bad about the disappointment that's out there, but we know that we're doing the right things. We're motivating, we're protecting, and though they will be disappointed, and I love what you're saying, it's, you know, their disappointment is not my guilt. Like, I, that's amazing, and I think more parents need to hear that messaging. And then they won't be as reluctant to hold off or say no, and they're doing it for the right reasons. And mm -hmm. only later will that child appreciate it. But we can't expect them to appreciate it now. Right now, I'm the mean person. I'm taking away their fun. When later mm -hmm. on they realize, yeah, okay, I get it now. And that's all we can hope for, right? Exactly. And you know what's interesting is because in my mind I'm thinking of times where your kids almost trick you. I'm going to call it. <laughs> they trick you into you thinking they're mature enough to handle whatever the thing is. Right? So this could go back to, uh, uh, I, I want an Instagram account. And your, your child is we'll say Kai's age, right? So 10, 11 years old. And you, you could say, think, oh, okay, they could totally handle that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, it, w w what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> so, and that's, I think, where instead of just staying firm to an end result of, no, this is going to be too much, too soon, too young, and more and more research is being done daily on the impact of social media. Of course, there's great things that happen and there's great pieces, but there, we also don't know the long-term effects of too young, too soon, and too much when it comes to their uh, anxiety levels, depression, this judging and comparing and feel like you don't measure up and, and this ongoing, I need to fit in and get more likes or I need to be popular or I need that. We don't know how that, the, the long-term effects of that are. So if we keep in mind that even though our kids can come across as, oh yeah, they're, they're really, they're mature and they're great kids and it's not, I understand that. But if we keep to that end result of this is too much too soon, we don't know the long-term impact of what they see and how they can get really quite 
fixated on checking for likes or checking for comments, then, you know, hopefully that will be where we can make choices from saying, no, I'm going to hold this boundary, not because you're not because of any other reason that it's for your safety. And I won't even know the, the long-term impact of me, you know, saying yes or saying, or saying no. I think that's what's hard as a parent. I know I'm kind of talking in a circle, but I'm saying this kind of out loud, inventing it for those who, is that we don't actually know the long-term. I think that that's what's hard as a parent because you're trying to, to, parent for today, but parents for the future of who your child becomes. So I think holding those boundaries isn't just about today. It's about the future, who they're going to be as a person and as an adult. Does that make sense? Or is that my no, it, it <laughs> does. Um, and I go a little deeper. Um, it's funny we talk about too much too soon. That's actually the title of one of my slides to my, in my parent presentation. Oh. It's called to my aunt. It's called too much too soon. I define what that is, which I won't get into today. And I define what happens when you say yes at a young age. Now, I can't get into it only because of the context of what I show parents, which is not uh, perhaps appropriate for the listening audience. But when I say too much too soon, I lead into saying yes at a young age equals, and I show them all the examples. And this is not stuff that I Google. I don't. I rarely Google stuff. My data that I deliver comes from learning from kids, <clears throat> 12 years, over 700,000 kids, principals, teachers, parents, police officers. I gather data, and then when I ask questions in terms of the scenario, how old was the child, I've got books of data that I've collected on what happens when you give a child access to a smartphone at a certain age with social media and what are the potential consequences because of what's happened in a school or in a home mm -hmm. or through a police investigation. And I say, <clears throat> when you say no, you might have an upset child. You really would. It might be for a week or two weeks. Get over it. They're resilient. But if you say yes, the cost associated with what they will be exposed to subjected to in terms of bullying, inappropriate content, the cost associated with mental health, with <clears throat> helping them get over it, uh, being called out of work because of an investigation will far, far exceed you having said no and dealing with an upset child for a couple of weeks. So mm -hmm. can you put into context, yeah, you don't know what will happen later on because of early exposure but i've got concrete data on what i've seen as a result and i always there's a you know there's a saying i delivered to parents you can't unsee what you've seen and so when you say well i trust my child they're mature enough i trust my daughters too except at a young age they were not mature enough to handle what potentially was out there and so i had restrictions and mm -hmm. i've got you know now an adult and a soon to be older an adult and my daughters fared pretty good why because mm -hmm. i didn't give them too much too soon and i'm very proud mm -hmm. of that and i'm not the best dad in the world i'm actually far from it but i had my and when i say that because you know i travel a lot and you you know there's no perfect model for father but i wish no I could and no perfect model for 
No, and no perfect model for parenting. Exactly. Ever. My, my rules were my rules, and I'm thankful mm -hmm. I stuck to them because mm -hmm. I know I prevented them from being exposed to content, which could have been detrimental. And so he, by the way, they're tech-savvy girls, except they weren't needing all of that at a young age. So, yeah, parents listening, it's going to be hard to say no. But remember, it's easier to say yes, but then it's harder to fix the yes. So it's hard to say no, but then there's very little to fix if you said no. Hopefully that helps. Yes, and you know what? So this is what I look at too. Uh, th and this is what where I go to in reflection for myself as parenting because I agree with you. There's no, it's not about perfection with parenting, but it is about reflection and redirection. It is about, you know, sometimes we say no when we should have said yes. Sometimes we say yes when we should have said no. And we, we, we look back and we can, if we can be reflective and say, yeah, I've messed up too. I've not always said or done the, the thing that I really wanted to in that moment, but now I'm going to redirect and get back on track. What helps me redirect is look at, did I make that choice of that yes or no out of emotion? Right. So if I'm making my choice to, for my son, and I have before, out of guilt, that answer is going to look very different than out of respect for who I believe he can become. And right. what I mean by that is parenting for the future, saying, right. okay, you're not going to like this boundary. You're not going to like this answer. However, I'm making it out of respect for you, your well-being, and who I believe you're going to become in the future and you don't need to be exposed to too much too soon. Not that you don't need to have uh, awareness, but you don't need to be on a platform exposed to too much too soon. Right. So if I make my choice out of respect for him and his well-being now and in the future, or I make my respect out of guilt and like, oh, he's going to be mad and oh, I'd want to do it if I was a kid and oh, I don't even want to deal with him being mad and I'm no, oh, I'll just do it. See how those choices are very different? Yeah. I respect for him, for who he's going to become. It's easier to say no, hold the boundary. Out of guilt, it's easier to say, yeah, just do it. I feel right. guilty. So that's where I look back to and I say, oh, Sarah, you totally made that choice out of guilt. Or, right? And then next yeah. time, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it out of my end result of respect for him now and his well-being in the future. And that's what actually helps me hold a boundary, but helps me make a choice with more clarity. Mm -hmm. Saying, am I making it out of emotion or am I making this choice out of my character and who I want to be as a parent and who I believe he is and he, who he can become? Even and what's though, best for him? Right. And <laughs> Even though he doesn't know it, <laughs> right? But here's the best part is that through education, we can redirect their thinking. And what I mean by that, when I tell kids no social media until you're 13, oh, they get upset. No technology in your bedroom, oh, they get upset. No smartphone to the middle of the time, graded, oh, they get upset. But then I tell them, but do you know all these amazing things you can do online? For example, um, you can learn to code, computer program. And that's safe. It takes what's in your head, makes it happen on a screen, make games, make apps, make puzzles. You could download educational apps. I mean, you should use a math app for five minutes every day, learn a new language, learn to type, all these amazing things, which will benefit you later on in life because I'm thinking about that. I know you're not, but I am for you. Um, oh, I like that. And you know what else I tell kids? I said, why don't you guys open up a podcast? 
um, I do it with this wonderful person I know. Her name is Sarah. And we get together. We join on video and we just talk. And parents listen to what we talk about. And it's pretty cool. It's the safest thing you can do. So partner up with one of your friends and sit in front of a microphone and talk about whatever you want. Or here's another idea. I say, open up your own website. You know, you guys visit websites all the time. Why wouldn't you want your own website? It's safe. No one can bully you, threaten you, harass you. People come to your website, they gain your knowledge, they leave your website. I mean, there's no better way than creating a positive digital footprint than having your own website or perhaps a podcast. And when I showed them that all at the end, I know they weren't happy with some of the messaging because it's no, no, no. But then because now we've redirected them saying, oh, I, I didn't think of all that. Yeah, that's fun. And I got kids looking at each other. Hey, you want to open up a website? Hey, you want to create a podcast with each other? You want to get into coding? Let's create a coding club at school. Now we've spun it. And if parents knew that there was an amazing part of the internet, saying no doesn't have to come with all that guilt. We don't need the justification. You just need to be a parent. But with a bit of education and saying, oh, by the way, parents, I know you may not like that you said no and your child is upset, but did you know everything else your child can do online? But you see, most that you can say yes to that. Exactly. So that's what I call actually the yes part of my presentation. Here's right. all the amazing stuff you can do. But parents aren't aware of that. Why? Because parents see the exact same thing kids see. Smartphones at a young age, social media in their bedroom by themselves. No, that's that has to stop. There's so many amazing other things. So when you say no and you redirect and say, oh, by the way, look at all these. I got a list of things you can do. You now have to kind of make that quote unquote cool if you want. Right. Right. But then it changes. So although they still felt a little bit guilty, perhaps, which they shouldn't because you're a parent, the kids might say, okay, you know what? Um, I'll get over it. And yeah, that's a lot. That's fun. And maybe they get focused on that. And then they don't even want social media for a while. Um, they know that a bedroom is a no tech zone. Uh, a smartphone, maybe at a young age, is a distraction because they got a computer and they're coding and they're creating podcasts and they're creating websites. Mm -hmm. So there's all this amazing stuff that they should be doing. It's just part of education. Having right. said that, I'm going to go back to what you said, which is we are not to feel guilty. You're to do it because you know it's the right thing to do. Having it's for that, their best interest. Right. Having said that, with a little education, we can assist you in maybe making it smoother in your home with all this knowledge of what else they can do out there and there's a ton of stuff they can do parents just have to make the investment and understand it and um, parenting is not easy but it is our job to always learn and that's one message I convey to parents I said look there's no yeah. perfect parent out there we're all far from whatever the perfect parent is we're all really really good parents that can always use a little bit of help and if you are receptive to the help it makes us better parents I mean there's so many things I've learned from you over the years. Well, and vice that, versa. That I've applied. <laughs> um, and it's actually made a lot of my decision-making much, much easier. Why? Cool. Because one of the messaging is I'm not going to feel guilty. And I remember you said that a long time ago. I'm going to do it for the right, right and, reasons. And, if you're, and, and then if you're feeling guilt, own it. Say, okay, oh, guys, I'm feeling guilty. But look at look at what why am I feeling guilty? Am I feeling guilty because they're disappointed and then I'm putting myself into like, oh, I'd be disappointed too. But they're allowed to be, yep. right? You don't have to fix and change that. They're allowed to be and you can still hold a, hold a boundary. At, you know, it's like, it's like you can't at the same time be 
worried about, okay, I want to be, I want my kid to like me all the time. No, they're not going to like the boundaries, but they're still going to love you. Of course. You know, so they might say, oh, I don't like you. I don't, can't stand you. You're the worst. And it's like, no, they're just saying they don't like the boundary. They right. don't like what you're saying, but they still love you. I mean, I did that to my mom all the time <laughs> growing <laughs> up. I don't like you. And she's like, okay, the, you still have to respect the rules. <laughs> and then looking back, I was like, okay, so that's there. We, I needed structure, even though I pushed back on it, like that, that was part of it. And, you know, parents out there, my, myself, I still, I, everything we're sharing, I still have to practice. Mm -hmm. There's times where I completely mess up or, uh, days where I'm like, Oh, Sarah, you really didn't hold that boundary. You should, but if we can be reflective and we can own it, yeah. then we can say, okay, what am I going to do different next time? Oh, I let myself totally react out of emotion. So next time I'm going to take a pause, I'm going to take a deep breath and say, is this choice I'm about to make going to show respect for myself? Is it going to show respect for who I believe my child is and can become? Mm -hmm. And what I like to say and, and can become is that you're doing it for their well-being now and for the future. Right. Especially when it comes to setting up rules around whether it's technology or safety. So it, like it's it's for now and it's also for the future. And I know we don't always have the answer to the future, but at least that keeps in perspective that I'm not just parenting for today. I'm also parenting for the future you. I'm also helping your confidence for the future you, your resilience, your mental well-being for the future you. So right. the no today is not just today, it's also for you growing up and as an adult. And what I wanted to uh, kind of bring into summary as we're kind of closing this is we can feel overwhelmed by the do's or don'ts or we can simplify. And I think that as we come to a close, simplifying what's the do's and don'ts around technology, some just some basic ones for you to share with us that us parents can say, okay, these are some basic do's and don'ts when it comes to setting up boundaries because I think that these are good conversations, and I know I'm going to have this also with my son even today, is let's talk about some do's and don'ts with technology, and then you have something that you can hold them accountable to because you've had a conversation about it. Okay. Number one, bedrooms are technology-free zones. There's no technology in the bedroom. Computers, iPods, iPads, tablets, Androids do not belong in the bedroom. No tech in your bedroom is golden rule number one. Number two, no social media until 13 years of age, the terms of service required to have it. You might argue 14 or 15, I will support you. At the very least, let's go with 13. The third rule, and this you know, can change all the time, my guidance for smartphones has been middle 10 of grade eight. <clears throat> the reason most kids are given a smartphone because they guilted their parents into they're the only ones without it in case of an emergency. I mean, all the excuses are endless. If it's medically related, I completely subscribe. But in the majority of cases, it's out of guilt and that they're the only ones without it. And then parents have empowered their child with a device that is now distracting them, especially when it comes to education. So we can have some hard no's, 
where you can balance it off with the yeses. I said, all right, look, you're not allowed to tech in the bedroom, but I'm going to set up this computer in this calm near the home. And perhaps you can get interested in computer programming, making apps, making games, making puzzles. And that computer you can use from this time to this time because I will be home at that time. So you can use it, even though I could be making dinner or I could be um, in the other room catching up on emails. But I know you're in my vicinity. You're using technology that is going to stimulate your mind and help you be a bit more productive or very creative. Um, allocate a bunch of time every day for educational apps and then get them thinking about creation, podcasting, blogging, and getting them to take what's in their beautiful brain and make it happen on a screen. So you're going to offset the no's with all of the yeses. So the boundaries of no tech in the bedroom, of no social media, protects them. But then you've given them these other options, which in a common area of the home, allow them to go online in a very safe manner, utilizing what's in their brain, making it happen on a screen, and sharing with the world without any fear of bullying, threats, predators, and all that other stuff. And now... Right. We've balanced it off. So, yeah, we've given them hard no's and we balance it off with look at all this amazing stuff you can do. So, you know, the foundation for online safety, I always call it the three pillars. And I've said this for years. No tech in the bedroom, no social media to your 13 smartphones, middle 10th of grade eight. If we follow that, and, life can be great. And so let's now pretend it's an older child, they're in their teens, and they okay. are on social media, so they are allowed. I mean, there's lots of listeners who are like, yeah, no, but my kid's 16, like they're on, like I have nieces, they're on. So what's the, the boundary around that? Because of course they're gonna be on social media, yep. most will be, so then what's the do's and don'ts when your child is over 13? Remind your child that up until 18, uh, that phone is probably still your legal entity parents and their right. actions not only impact them, they impact you during investigations, especially with law enforcement. Let's say your child is a responsible smartphone user. Put boundaries as to when they can utilize it and have a hard cutoff point. Is it going to be 10 o'clock every night and then not in their bedroom? Excellent. It's going to be in a common area of the home. Plugged in and getting charged for the next day. So they have a very, very good night's sleep and they're not distracted in the middle of the night with, you know, blinking lights and notifications. When on social media, the first thing you do when you set up a social media account, you have an incredibly strong password. Write that down. Keep in a safe place. In your now private social media account, so after you open up an account with a strong password, it immediately goes into private. In that private account, you only allow real human friends in it. And when you have a private account with a strong password with your real human friends, I want you to pretend that everything you post is accessible to the world because one screenshot and it's out there. Be respectful. Always think of your loving and caring parents, guardians and caregivers who own the technology that have given you the privilege to utilize it. And right. then you make really, really good choices because you have a secure account, strong password, real friends, you're going to make good choices and all your actions, which we talked about earlier, which impact not only you, but your parents and guardians. If that's ingrained in the back of their head, their technology use can be amazing. Don't let down your guard, set those firm parameters and technology use can be wonderful for our teenagers. I'm absolutely all for them having social media when they're the right age with a few tips and tricks. So right. that's how it would And guide maybe even teenagers. some time. Like, what would be the timeline that they should be 
is there a amount of time that's too much to be online? All, yeah, all the studies are inconclusive when it comes to what the right amount of screen time is. In fact, there was another study released today, which I'll be reading, and I bet you'll be different from the one I read a month ago. You know, I think, as a parent observing your child when too much mm -hmm. is too much, when they're disconnected from you emotionally, when they um, have lost their sense of engagement, when you see that they're constantly looking at a screen seeking you know when a child is on a device too much when they go to it and there's nothing there have you ever seen that a child picking up a phone they look there's nothing there, they put it back down what? leave it alone discipline them right to go to it when they have time not as a means of always seeing what's happening that's not that's a you know what sir that could be a different podcast altogether because right we right retrain our brain on touching that device look during the time that you and i've been speaking and we did, you know, have a conversation before. And I think we'll be done in about an hour. Well, guess what? You and I did not look at our devices. And do you feel absent? Do you feel? No. You know what? When we're done, I might not even check it. I might maybe go for a walk with my dog. And then I'll check it later on. We need to get our kids conditioned that you don't always have to look at the device. But if parents observe that it's always happening, that's your indicator that perhaps it's too much. But what the amount of time is, there is no amount of time. It's all, all the studies right. were inconclusive. Well, even, and I guess, and this would be going off of, so I'm kind of springboarding off of social media, but I'm going to like gaming. Mm -hmm. So my son's not on social media, but he loves playing video games, whether it's playing Fortnite, creative in Fortnite, um, NHL, FIFA, big into sports. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's something that, that he really thoroughly enjoys doing. Now he does actively play a lot of sports hockey being one of his big ones but when he he told me the other day he's like sometimes i just want to zone down and just play my game like i just want to just play my game right but then it's also knowing what how long to play that game for or when when to cut that off or when you find that that's affecting behavior and would you say that that's more of an individual you know yep. day by day yep. family by family yeah, yep, that's what I was thinking too. Because some, and some days, Paul, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like nailed it. Like I'm so good at you know holding a boundary. <laughs> and then other days, I'm like, ah, oh, I let him play way too long. <laughs> you know. So parents out there, it's again, it's not about perfection, but it is about reflection, and then we can own it, and then we can redirect and say, ah, oh, right. did I make that choice out of the emotion of oh, just I feel guilty for saying you need to get off, and what's the point? Um, and some days, you know, you can let them play longer than others. Or do I need to make it out of an end result of what's best for him, not just for now, but in the future? And would it be better for his brain to get off technology and do something, you know, be bored for a bit? And right. it's Find okay a to different be bored, activity. which is, again, a different podcast. But right. we need to wrap it up, Sarah. As always, we, so, can yes. on, we can go off on tangents and talk about different topics. But the good news is those tangents lead to other podcasts. So I will see you on the next podcast. And until next time, their disappointment is not your guilt. That's this is what best, we know. That's the best way to end it off. This is what we know. Bye. <laughs>